everybody, and welcome to this episode of Turkish TV Time. Today we're talking about Love 101 Season 2, Episode 5, where I feel like some stuff happened, but I also feel like it's kind of a setup episode and stuff's really going to go down in the next episode. So I'm excited to make some really wrong predictions with you guys today. I am not drinking anything. I just got back from absolutely crushing a dodgeball game. And now I'm eating some Hershey's Kisses that somebody left in my apartment. So life is good. What about you guys? Any tea? Sophia, you're on mute. God, sorry. We have new mics and I can't figure it out. Now you're good. Only only Sophia can't figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) It's counterintuitive. It's just red when it's not muted, which does not compute in my brain. But I'll learn. Well, we didn't hear what you were drinking. Oh, I think you're I'm drinking, drinking something. A Diet Coke. <laughs> per usual on this podcast for Sammy and me, I think. Yeah. I don't have anything. I got, I bought Sophia some imposter Diet Coke. It was it's like, it's what the is that? store brand, but they oh. made it like silver with red writing and oh, I, so you just it, thought it was the actual Diet Coke? Yeah. Oh, wow. It fooled me. <laughs> that is Cola probably a product the, or whatever. That's was probably it, the um, saddest story in the world. Was it? What's what's the supermarket chain in Texas? H-E-B? It is H-E-V. H-E-V. Is that, is that where I'm you were duped? Us. Yes, it is where I was oh, duped. <laughs> trickiest cola. But the, it's okay. It's actually lime flavored and it's pretty good. Oh, Wait, is lime cola. Is Diet Coke still a thing in the States? Because they like are completely phasing it out in Latin America. Like it's, I think it's, it's impossible here. Oh, really? to find it. Yeah. Like now, there's only Coke, just Zero. Coke Zero. Coke Zero yeah. is not as good. Eh, I don't know. I have my I have my pros and cons for each, but that's <laughs> oh, well, bonus podcast. episode alert. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um Okay, so now we're going to move on. Sophia is going to tell us what happened in this episode. Lots of love. I guess, but also weird (laughs) stuff. Yeah, yeah. So the, well, we left off last episode with red dress Burju confidently marching along the street <laughs> to Kemal's house. Yeah. Um, and we, we'd made a few predictions about what she was going to find there. Of I was course, really worried. <laughs> I mean, for me, I, I don't know if I said it, but for me, it was kind of obvious that it was going to be something related to his new job. Cause we know that that's going to be a thing. So she arrives in there, like Kemal like kisses her, but then like a bro appears and then a lot of bros appear and start like talking to her. And Kemal's like, yeah, she's my girlfriend. And they're like, oh, great. So you must be planning to move to Izmir. Like they actually say another city, another place, but I can't remember the name very well. It's it's, uh, Karshiaka, which is a neighborhood or district of Izmir. Oh, Okay. So she's kind of surprised. She's like, what's this, what, what's the celebration about? Like, why are you all here? And obviously um, upset when she finds out about Kemal. And she, like, she tells him like, you have to go. Like, this is what's best for you. And he's like, yeah, but like, I made this decision when we hadn't figured out all of our relationship issues, which as we've discussed are kind of really obnoxious. Cause like, that relationship is like just not moving forward at all um, in any way, shape or form. But now he's moving. So now everything's crazy and she cries because she's like, obviously the best decision is for him to leave, but she doesn't want him to. But obviously everything kind of sucks because like that's not a scenario that I guess he or she expected. Um, So that sucks. And then the kids are getting off this boat, which I'm not entirely sure why, why they're on the boat to begin with. I don't know if something happened last episode, but I don't remember anything about a boat. I think it's just, we saw Osman has a buddy who has a boat 
So they're okay. boat people now. I think it's like the oh. best way also for them to get to where Ushik lives, which I'm guessing mm. is like on the Black Sea, but like okay. extreme end of Istanbul. So traffic would be hard. <laughs> Makes sense. Um, so then we have Eda like walking alone um, after getting off the boat. And um, does she see like people in her own house? Yeah, right. That's what she sees. Yeah, like, there's like a dinner that, party going on. Yeah. She sees that there's some dude, like some adults in her house. So she walks in, turns out that her parents are planning with some person's parents that they're going to marry the two of them off. Um, so she's like betrothed, I guess, to some dude. And the parents are super happy. They're like, yeah, we made it. We like planned everything and we are awesome. And it does like, obviously quite annoyed. She's like, why are these people here? And then like her mom tells her and Edda gets like super angry she's like well I think I should have been here and the dude should have been here and like we should have been a part of this decision um and so then I mean they make these really dumb jokes that she's like playing hard to get which I mean clearly is not what's going on oh she's just shy (laughs) that's what they said (laughs) hashtag misogyny um anyway (laughs) um so then it does like I really don't want to get married to a random guy like I don't even know this guy like and the mom's like well you had a fun time at a ski trip once and she's like yeah we had a fun time at a ski trip once like what does that even mean um and the guy's name is Emre and he's gonna go study business in the U.S. so they're like oh well you'll go with him and maybe you can study your graphic design thing over there and so it does kind of like, eh, I guess, like, I don't even know if she considered, well, I don't, I mean, we know because of things that happen later on that she obviously doesn't consider it, but she's like super upset and she runs into Sinan who um, becomes kind of like a, a buddy um, during this episode, like they become really close um, and she's like super pissed off and he's like, fuck everything because that's a Sinan mood. And they go to this like really cool hotel in Pera, it seems like, or like in Galata, because it's like right by the tower. Um, and they're like, oh, this view is really cool, whatever. They get drunk and they like kind of share heart to hearts about how it sucks to have parents. And, you know, like you may not agree with what your parents do, but you kind of like want to please them and and like look up to them. Um, and so she explains that like, her parents want her to marry this guy. And he explains that like, well, does he explain the extent of what happened with his parents? I'm not entirely um, sure. No. He, no, cause he says he's living with his dad <laughs> kind yeah. of reluctantly, but he still says it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think he like screws up at one point and like, it does like, wait, but are you living with your dad or like, who are you living yeah. with? Like, are you okay? Yeah. And like, he pretends, I guess, to be okay but we know that he's obviously not okay. And then there's a scene with, is that Kemal like alone in his apartment? Yeah, they're like moving out in the middle of night. the night. He's like moving out of his apartment. It's one of my WTFs, (laughs) but yes. (laughs) Um, And then we have our master plan in action which is that now they're going to give bananas to everyone <laughs> in the school um, and say that it's from Najdet, which is an interesting plan. I'm not entirely sure, like, what the hell, but whatever. They're bananas, and everyone's like, oh, my God, bananas. <laughs> which, okay, sure. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say bananas. I mean, right now, because of inflation and insanity, everything's expensive in Turkey. But like even when the economy wasn't a disaster like it is now, bananas were sort of a luxury fruit. So definitely in the 90s, they would be too. So uh, it is it is like a nice of the fruits. It's like a really deluxe one to get. (laughs) Okay, because in the U.S., bananas are like the cheapest. The cheapest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, same here because they're produced. Well, not they're not the cheapest um because there's cheaper fruits because there's a lot of fruits here um but they're not an expensive one although all the good bananas are exported as always here 
Oh, so the bananas. <laughs> Sorry. So plan seems to be working. Everyone loves the bananas. And then they meet um, after with, uh, well, Elif arrives and Osman is there. Um, but I guess he like kind of leaves. Like it keeps, it keeps, it keeps being a thing where like they, they, they're never together. Like whenever like, oh, and he gave her some hazelnuts and she's just holding them in her hand because we know that she will die if she eats any hazelnuts. And so Elif is just like chilling. I mean, Ishik is just like chilling there. And she, Elif is upset because um, Osman is leaving earlier. And then everyone basically leaves and Ishik like stays and talks to um, Elif because we know they had like a little heart to heart the previous episode about being in love and how that ruins your life, basically. <laughs> um, and she tells Ishik that she's like deathly allergic to hazelnuts, which thank God. Um, because I think this episode we avoided a life and death situation. I agree. Although didn't we end with them kissing? So like, who knows? She could go into anaphylactic shock on the boat. That's what I was thinking too. I'm glad I'm not (laughs) the only one who thinks that is a real risk. (laughs) Uh, We can talk about it later. It's a thing. Yeah, you can't eat the foods and then kiss people. I have a very good friend whose boyfriend has like a deathly peanut allergy and like she couldn't kiss him after eating peanuts like i think she had to brush her teeth and do like a million things mm-hmm. just don't eat peanuts it we'll also brush his teeth we'll find out next episode <laughs> <laughs> um and so then osman is eating like profiteroles alone i guess weird um and ishik is like chilling in her bed like reading some book but okay also okay this is kind of a what the fuck but like what's up with this like lighting in her i had that her... too why was it so pink like the, the whole house was pink yeah it's been inside. pink since the previous i mean the yeah. lives in a pink pillow fort so i don't know <laughs> yeah true but... <laughs> and so she goes out of the house to make a call i don't know why she has to be so secretive about this call like why is it such a mystery um but so she calls osman and she's like elif is like deathly allergic to hazelnuts like just thought you should know (laughs) well basically she i i guess she also like makes him realize that like she's into like elif is into him it's kind of her message as well yeah and in the meantime, Elif is like playing her piano and Osman is like lovingly watching from the window. And then they get to class with Burju um, and they're going to read Garcia Marquez's novel that we're going to talk about a little bit more in a minute. Um, but it's like called, oh no, is that not the time yet? No, it is. Well, there's a weird Kerem Eda scene, which I don't even know. And then Bourgeois like, this is the best romance novel in the world. Which, <laughs> debatable. And of course, Sinan has read it because he's read everything. And Elif has read it again as well. And so Sinan is asked to share what it's about and in class. And he's like, nope, I don't want to. And then Elif's like, oh, I read it. Um, it's about this girl who gets bitten by a rabid dog um and her family hates her and so they sent her to a convent and it turns out that she doesn't have rabies but she is in love which okay i haven't read the novel but it's our history section and i read it uh i spanglish a summary online and it seems like it's not quite what she i don't know like what she describes it to be so then like they have one of these like funny moments in sitcoms where like everyone gives their own interpretation of some random work because I don't think Osman had read it but he like gives some sort of interpretation and then they just start talking about love very seriously yeah and of course Eda is brooding and Kadem and they're looking at each other and loving each other and so Elif is like like there she's across the room from Osman and they're like approaching and then these two nerds come between them i guess they're talking about the pide that they distributed or will distribute 
pita is pretty amazing. Any Turkish bread is the best. So I could see why the students will be bought by. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense to me than the bananas. <laughs> <laughs> and these two, these nerds have a ton of badges. Um, and they start making fun of Elif and Osman for kind of being smitten with each other. And so Osman leaves the school and he's like looking for her kind of slightly desperately. And she's like across the street, but then her car comes to pick her up. She's gone. Um, and then she gets to school. And again, they're walking very determinedly towards each other. And then the pide arrives <laughs> in between the lovebirds. So thank you, pide, for being so uh, opportune. How do you say that? Like timing good timing i guess and th that pide looks ridiculous um it looks really good so then we go to our friend nejdet and his chair breaks it seems i don't know if someone broke it that would be my assumption because <laughs> i was also well wondering if it just like happened while they were filming <laughs> and they went with it because it was so funny and like sudden <laughs> <laughs> it was so random i love it <laughs> and so then this nerd It's funny because like it's so stereotypical. Like every nerd just has nerd glasses and a bunch of badges, which very um, non-literal, I guess. <laughs> I mean, what? Um, and he's like, "Well, all the students wanted me to bring you this message. They're very thankful for everything you've done for us. Like you gave us bananas, and now you gave us pide, and like the whole school is really happy, and like this is making us really excited. And thank you for making us ready for our exams." And he's like, well, just, you know, you know, you just worry about like studying for your exams and whatever. Uh, but Nejdet, of course, being Nejdet, he's like, this is weird. Af. Like, who is giving these people all this free food and telling them that it's me? So he's like chilling and he asks the guard at the door and the guard's like, oh, this very um, wealthy benefactor is um, donating all this food in your name or whatever. And he's like, this is kind of weird. So he walks into the school and like everyone's super nice to him, which of course, which it also, I mean, I don't, I feel like high school students aren't as easily swayed, like just some pita and bananas. Like that's not going to make you hate a horror, like stop hating a horrible principal. Who's a really bad person. I agree. They'd be like, this asshole's trying to bribe us. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so Nedjit arrives at his office and he's like, Ooh, I'm the shit. Like he starts doing this really awkward dance. Um, <laughs> and he's just like very happy with himself. And so they're at the boat again. And so they're going over to Ishik's and they like ban Kedem. Oh, so Sinan's like, Kedem, you can't get on the boat. And Kedem's like, why? And he's like, well, Eda is like getting engaged with someone. Um, and you need to go do something because now her future is being decided by her getting engaged to some dude. Yeah. Incredible uh, Sinan moment. Thank you. Yeah. Finally, Sinan. Come on, man. It was late for you to, well, he's been doing some redeeming stuff, but like he needed to do like, a big redeeming thing. Um, so he kind of gets on the motorcycle, arrives at um, Eda's home where I guess, I don't know if they're going to do the engagement at that point. What I don't know what, what specific, if that's like the actual engagement or what is it, what it is. Um, but I Kenem is was, like, yeah, he's like super upset about, you know, everything. Um, he's like crying on his motorcycle. This other guy is pretty good looking. I have to say, um, he's wearing a suit. <laughs> Sophia. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, what a take. Um, <laughs> uh, and Eda's like, I mean, she's dressed so not Eda, like a a pink frilly, very feminine dress, which is very not Eda. Um, and she hears the motorcycle and basically like jumps out the window with um with Kenem and they're like, whatever. So they take this very nice scenic trip around Turkey give directions to a couple of backpackers, go to the ocean, windmills, crazy stuff, get into a fight because of course, 
I wonder if that's Boschada where they get into the fight. Kind of looks like it. I uh, know. I think it's like on the Aegean coast, like further uh, south. But I mean, it's like some beach town. It was really pretty. I don't think yeah. like they. How would they have gotten to Boschada? Did we see them on a ferry? No, they were just no. On they were yeah. They just yeah bro- drove down somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so for some reason they get into a fight. I guess some guys try to hit on Ida or something. No, a guy, a guy is like uh, being abusive toward his girlfriend, like another uh, guy at, at the cafe. Yeah. Ida oh, started it, <laughs> started the fight. Yeah. Ida oh. threw something at the asshole. Yeah. Yeah. But we're with her. <laughs> um, so they're at the hospital, and there's this random scene where you see someone with like three shots going in, like to surgery or something. But then they're the, the two of them just like, you know, like, let's enjoy life. Like the two of us are together and this is what matters the most to us. And, um, I don't know what, why are they even at the hospital? I guess they just need the doctors to look at them, but then I guess they decide to skip that and they arrive at this hotel and this woman's like, okay, how long do you want to stay? And they're like forever. And then they have a nice little love scene, whatever you call that. Um, and then we see Sinan and Ishik studying. He is very smart. They really care about each other. Oh, also one of Eda's um, pieces of advice for Sinan was like, you should open up to Ishik because that's really important to her to like kind of understand you and what you're going through. Um, and they seem to have kind of like a little heart to heart because she's like, I know something's up with you and you haven't you haven't wanted to tell me. And I get, does he finally reveal that he's homeless? No, he's, he reveals that his um, grandpa's dead. So that was like, but then he lies about living with his dad. So God, and she's like, I'm so happy for you. It was bad. Poor child. Bad, bad. And so then he arrives again at his horrible place. Oh, and they finally have a kiss. Finally. So the sexual tension is realized. Finally. Um, and he's in his bed thinking about the kiss and stuff but he's in this crappy horrible bed at some crappy storage room and so then he walks into is that like a realtor's office or like I don't even know yeah um, and he's like okay so I'm a I'm a I'm a student and my parents live like in Eskishahir which is like a city close by um, and he's like oh okay, but you need kind of a co-signer for the room because you don't have an income. And so he's like, okay, I'll come back with my parents, but we know that he's kind of dissuaded from that. Um, and so Nejdit hears everyone talking about the pide and like, you know, they're, they're unhappy because he didn't bring a new food or something or a new prize, whatever. And everyone's like, he's a bastard, like, which is also kind of funny because I also feel like that's kind of a high school thing. Like, oh, you brought us PDA like a couple of times, but like now you didn't bring any more. So he goes into the teacher's lounge and he's like, okay, somebody explain this PDA, like what in the world? Um, and so I guess it's Suzanne. Is that it? And she's like, oh, well, the, the students were really happy. And now you stop giving, like you stop giving out PDAs and now they're really angry and he's like what like how's that my fault and we're just like well you didn't say it wasn't you and now people are mad so you deal with it um and so okay this is like so unbelievable <laughs> um but so well osman finds out that everyone's pretty upset about the pide and then there's like an avalanche of parents, like 20 parents coming to complain about the lack of pide. Um, and they start complaining to Nejdet and they get really angry. And he's like, well, I don't understand why you guys are upset about like, this is just kind of a small tree. And they're like, well, it's a shame that you like were very nice on the students in like to start. And now you kind of forgot about it. And like, you have the budget for this, like, you already did part of it so like why can't you continue doing it um so someone brings like a little yorkie dog which is like the funniest 
part of the scene. Um, and so it seems like the plan worked against our um, conjectures. And so Elif is like getting out of the car and Osman is like watching her intently um, from the school. And he's again walking very determined towards her. And I don't, I don't know what she told the driver because I guess he's going to wait for her or something. And he like waves at her and she like, it's a little romantic moment. Um, and he's like, well, don't you have to go? And she like lied and said that she had chess club. Um, and he's like, I can go to chess club. And then she's like, no, it, it was a lie. Like, obviously, obviously. And so they like plan to go somewhere together. I guess I should say it in the gossip section, but she looks so much younger than him. It's kind of weird. I agree. <laughs> Um, so he's very happy. I mean, it's kind of sweet because he, we've never seen him this happy. We've only seen him sad when his dad's like, well, you suck. And then we like, they're walking along the Bosphorus or is that Halic? I don't even know exactly what it, it probably is Halic because it's way narrower, isn't it? Um, and they go meet Sinan's boater friend, and they get on the boat and they go on this little trip and he gives, is that wine? What? No, it's tea, right? What is that? No. I think they're having whiskey. whiskey. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was whiskey. It's like some brown liquor. Yeah. They have seems a very, very off brand for her. <laughs> they have a very nice date with candles. This is starting to get really serious. She had to, she had to snatch that from her house. Like how's she gonna? Yeah. It's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> And so they have a nice little kiss. And that's the end of the episode. So we don't know if she went into an anaphylactic show. Okay, so now we're going to move on into the gossip slash banter slash spilling the non-existent tea section where we have a lot to talk about. Um, okay, so we start off with the Borju and Kamal scene, which on a scale of like happy makeup sex to there's another girl in his house, I feel like bro night out is pretty good. <laughs> like, I don't think it's too bad. But then, of course, the bros break the news to her that Kimal is moving and it's a disaster. And then he basically asks her, begs her to ask him to stay or to tell him to stay, but she refuses. Yeah. So that, again, sabotaging the relationship. And are they just broken up now? Like, do you think they ever come back together in this season? I mean, we have like three more episodes so I, I see a lot of runway for them still honestly Borges should like try to get appointed in Izmir because Nejzet is trash yeah she should like become a principal in Izmir yeah um but yeah it's kind of tough because I feel like I guess it's okay if she moves for him but it's like a little bit bad if she moves for him and then like there's absolutely no reason for him to move for her. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how. I mean, it's also this. like, yeah, I don't know how it works if you're like, I think it's like, I think you can, you can, I mean, not again, not today because no one has any jobs in Turkey and everything's awful, but like under normal circumstances, the minister of education, I think if you're like moving for your, like, because of a family's circumstance, I think it's doable to get, a position in a city of your choosing that, that you um, kind of preference over just like a random appointment, but like mm -hmm. the normal, normally they just randomly appoint you to somewhere. So you could get, you could be to Istanbul and get sent to Van, like with mm -hmm. very little notice as a public school teacher, Wild. Um, but, and they're not married or anything or anywhere near being married apparently. So I don't know that she could very easily get a job in Nizmet as a public school teacher, but there's other jobs. Um, the late nineties were like not a fantastic time, but they weren't bad. So she could have mm -hmm. found another job. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh God, I don't know. I feel like she needs to do some, well, she, but the problem is she did the big romantic gesture and then the job thing sabotaged it. So like, I don't know. I wonder if we're just never going to see them again. <laughs> never see Kemal again. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's like neither of their faults. Like you can't blame Kemal for like moving on with right. his life because right. she, she kept sabotaging. And then you can't blame Burju for like, I don't know, being young and dumb and then coming to her senses. Right, right. So, I blame Borju a little bit, but. I blame her a little bit, yeah. But she eventually saw the light. But... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The basketball bros were pretty cute. I was thinking maybe we should get a prequel of their oh. underdog basketball team story because they seemed really nice. I liked them. <laughs> maybe we'll just see them in the next three episodes, but not Bush. <laughs> that's my, story that's my of first how bad each, prediction. <laughs> each one of them falls in love with a different teacher at the school. Yes. Who does Suzanne get? Who does Billy get? <laughs> oh my God, Billy. The Billy's poor sucker who gets Billy. <laughs> oh man. Okay. And then we have Edda and the parents and the fiance situation. That was awful. Her parents were just like, I mean, they're so like shameless in what they're doing. And they're just like essentially making fun of her because she like visibly doesn't want to go through with it. And they just keep like mocking her and pretending like she's shy, which it's like unbelievable. <laughs> but like, I also don't understand what, what are they getting out of it? Is it that they don't want to pay for her education or like they just want, it's her, it's their way of like securing her future. Yeah. They just want to marry her off to someone, a rich kid. So yeah, exactly. They want, I mean, they seem like by all appearances, they seem to be like, modern and secular and they might be non-religious but they're you know they're not modern in their thinking like they think she needs to be married to have like you said a future um and not only that but they also do it in like the most psychopathic way possible where they just like spring it on her she doesn't even know the dinner is happening yeah and then they're just like oh yeah you'll be great and she's basically like like, gaslighting her into like thinking it's normal like everything's fine and acceptable because they're acting so casual about it yeah they're so casual about it it's crazy but other than that I would say the episode is like extremely happy like other than the Buju Kemai fallout and then like Eda's parents being insane like Eda and Kerem get their fun like getaway um they even like you know get to beat people up which is fun for them they love that (laughs) Ushuk and Sinan have their first kiss Sinan kind of opens up a tiny bit but not really as as discussed uh Osman and Edith have their boat chocolate whiskey date and first kiss (laughs) first kiss that may be lethal as we've discussed um and then like they they're very dubious plan against Nedged it seems to be working so it, it does feel like a setup for some serious drama because everything's all everything's you know uphill right now and I don't think it could really uh be sustained <laughs> with so few episodes also still no adults still no I know adults. they really that I honestly feel like they shouldn't have put the tease that early in the season yeah it's like one person arriving. It wasn't like the rest of the gang arriving right. at the house. So right. yeah, it's wild. But yes, I love like, the happiness level. Yes. They must have had those famous um, actors playing who play the adults on set for like a few hours. <laughs> yeah. It seems like they're not going to be yeah. in many episodes. For sure. Yeah, I loved the Kerem saving her scene. That was so cute. And she just like, I was so worried the parents were going to catch them, but she just like hopped out that window and off they went. Yeah. I really wanted him to stomp, stomp in and like scream <laughs> at all of them. Just make a seed. Yeah. That would have been good too. <laughs> I do need to mention, I don't know if you guys saw, but when they went to the hotel and they made love on the bed, mm-hmm. uh, there was a poster of Coco Pelli in the room. Oh, so New Mexico. Um, and <laughs> Coco Pelli is a uh, Native American. Um, like a spirit. 
spirit, yeah, uh, who is common in the Hopi and the Zuni tradition and a lot of other Southwestern tribes. Um, and he is a fertility god. So oh, I didn't know that. I thought he just played his flute and no, nope, he's decor. a fertility okay. god and actually kind of in a menacing way in a lot of traditions, oh. like uh, unwed women were afraid of him. Oh. Um, and so I'm a little worried that <laughs> that was intentional. Oh. Yeah. And then, oh God, if she's pregnant, then she gets married off to a rich kid because it happened. Oof. Oof. This is, this is how lives are ruined. <laughs> Yeah. Not that any of these events are life ruining, aka pregnancy, but like in this case, it is definitely derailing. In this case, <laughs> I mean, if the parents get hold of her after she's like run off with a boy on a motorcycle, gotten into a fight so bad they had to go to the hospital, yeah, and then gets pregnant in the course of like 24 hours, <laughs> that's, that's probably not the best demonstration of responsibility. Um, so for the <laughs> For the uh, brilliant banana pide plot, the banana banana plot. <laughs> yeah, I have to. I have to assume that there were a few days worth of banana and pide distribution that just were not made clear on camera. Because mm -hmm. who in their right mind would like stage a revolt involving parents after two days of yeah. food giveaways? It seemed very extreme. Also, I feel like they didn't make it clear why the parents were so upset. I made an assumption that the like the students told their parents that like um, essentially like school funds were being used for um, this, and it was like a school service. And then like they were mad that essentially funds that they were kind of paying into were getting. Um, I guess rerouted to something that wasn't feeding their hungry children <laughs> but it just all <laughs> seems to be like the parents really lost me at even like the two days worth of handouts leading to any kind of discontent lost me a little bit but especially the parents walking in I was like I think you should have made it clear how much time had passed and yeah. why everyone's so upset <laughs> agreed yeah a little montage magic could have been good there yeah implying yeah exactly implying the passage of time without taking up more than like two or three minutes right yeah, right that. um also i had never seen pide that had like the cheese was cheese? internal yeah. as opposed to on the top yeah but good for shipping i guess yeah <laughs> keep it keep the uh yeah keep the topping warm yeah because it's <laughs> the inside <laughs> okay borju's english class we have to talk about or sorry literature class i was gonna to say about. english class sorry <laughs> okay so i get that she's trying to be like the teacher that inspires them in their lives and not just it's not just about success on the test and all that but like if you were going to take like an ap exam at the end of the year and your teacher yeah, refused like to teach you what was yeah. on the exam i'd be yeah, so too. pissed yeah I thought like, that was that's not really okay speech. Yeah, this book is like, I mean, Garcia Marquez is great, but like this book is not probably featured in any, like, especially in Turkey, any kind of a lit curriculum. So it is but definitely irrelevant. It's also crazy that she said it was like the greatest romance ever written. Like, yeah, well, I haven't read it, but I think Love in the Time of Cholera is much more of like, oh my God, the romance yeah. that we've waited for decades. It's a yeah. slow burn you know also there's very like, like pride and oh, prejudice <laughs> there's also like i feel like in turkish literature like plenty of oh, like sure. good romances too so yeah it was a very wild claim to make but, yeah i mean I, I have to think that like the screenwriters have just read that book and loved it and it was like top Must of mind. like it's so random or they just Somebody like literally saw it in a bookcase <laughs> or were yeah. like oh this show is going to play all over the world. Let's include like yeah. a, a cultural reference from something random. Yeah, there will. And I'm thinking like also there's some books that are very like trans books in translation that are very popular in Turkey, like bestsellers that I like had never heard of in English. Like there's a Portuguese one. What's in Turkish? It's like the sugar orange. I don't know how what the English translation actually is, but like that book is incredibly popular in turkey and i've like i literally i don't even know what the english title is that's how like unknown it is in translation in english so 
maybe it's one of those where it's like just wildly popular in Turkey in translation for some reason, um, but hasn't, I mean, I hadn't heard of this one either um, out of Garcia Marquez's bibliography. I mean, he was very prolific, extremely yeah. so, so yeah. I mean, I mean, this is, I guess it has a cool name and it has like the cool story of like, you know, is it rabies or is it love or is it like, I mean, honestly, I, from the, well, I guess I'll talk about it in the history section, but from the summary, it sounds kind of predatory, but we shall see. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Nothing can ever go wrong with a man writing about these kinds of things. Nothing creepy has ever been written. Remember when Lolita was like a best-selling novel? Yeah, like very highly regarded until I would say like extremely recently. <laughs> Maybe still is. <laughs> oh, but I think it. I think it's still highly regarded. But he's still a creep. Like she calls yeah. him out in the book, and she's like, "You're a freaking cre- Humbert, like, creep." Humbert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, I guess I mean to be a book about a pedophile, it's like one of the like it's more nuanced than like some of the other like classics of literature that are basically about predators but Mm -hmm. they're like sold Mm -hmm. as love stories which yeah that's true he is he has called out front and center for being disgusting yes (laughs) (laughs) and another guy tries to kill him doesn't he I think so yeah it's been a minute since I've read it I don't know why I read that in high school like for my for my own just like reading yeah it was was super popular for my own reading yeah well, I think it's one of those like things that when you're a teen, it's like, oh my God, look. And also one of my high school teachers used to um, joke about this, which I thought was kind of funny. Someone like took a quote from Humbert, Humbert, like kind of without realizing what character he is like. And it was some quote about like being like ethical or something. And like oh God, that's the teacher was like, clearly like, honestly, if you're going to quote Humbert, Humbert, you like, you better have read Lolita. Like, don't just go on Google and be like, <laughs> yeah, good quotes about ethics or whatever. Oh my God. <laughs> <Quotes about> <laughs> um, okay. Speaking of classics of literature, when Vorju faces down Nejdet, which was an awesome scene, she says she's reading crime and punishment in a very threatening oh, way. <laughs> which was fun. She's really coming into her, not in the relationship side, she's been really annoying this season, but in the, like being sassy to nudge debt yes. side, I'm, I'm into it. Yes. Yeah. Do you guys see where the banana plot goes from here now that they've already no. had a swarm of angry parents in there? Well, I guess they, the parents call for nudge resignation. Which again is like so extreme. Yeah. I mean, I mean they should good, be calling but- for his resignation because he's, literally turned the school into like a Nazi youth organization like not because he didn't give them bananas it's crazy I have to think that like there needs I mean not that this is actually going to happen but someone needs to throw an allegation out there that he's misusing funds like the PIDA funds are being used for something else now <laughs> kind of thing apparently that is the absolute his... easiest way to get yeah, you, gotta, you gotta play his game which is like faking embezzlement <laughs> <laughs> Osman could do that. I mean, remember what he did to Tunjai? That was like yeah, fake land sales or something. Yeah. How's but, the, wait, who's buying all the pita and bananas? By the way, is Osman just bankrolling this? He's just got that much coin. I guess so. All right, we know he's a good businessman. Impressive. Yeah, he's probably got a banana guy and a pita guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's I got mean, all his ladies working on the pita. Yeah, he keeps oh, right, he right, keeps right, bringing right. in the boat. Like (laughs) who knows how much that costs. (laughs) It's probably like his uncle's boat or something. I don't know. Just a fisherman he befriended. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. You noted Sophia that he orders profiterole in the restaurant and just eats by himself, (laughs) which like, I I love profiterole. They're one of my favorite things, but I don't know. I guess he was contemplating his love. When my mom watched that scene, she like, was like oh I wonder if that's a particular patisserie so I don't know if it was like some sort of like nostalgic callback to like a popular spot because it was on Istiqdad and my mom was like oh this she like named a place and she was like oh that place had really good profiterole and it was like in the same Hmm. area so I don't know if it was just like a little like it's like a little fun yeah okay all right I'll take that yeah um I really 
am not into Ellie Van Osman's relationship. Well, he's literally a 30 year old man in yeah. real life. And, and he Adif looks is, like it. Yeah. And it is like early twenties in real life. So it, yeah, it definitely looks creepy. It's dark. creepy. She's like, so like slobbering all over Tiny. him. Yeah. Like she's like super after him and like it, she's a model student, but she's happy, like lying to her parents, sneaking out drinking in the middle of the river. Like, I don't know. Yeah. The whole thing yeah. just seems weird. She's like too desperate. And he, I don't understand. Like we have no um, insight into what he's thinking besides the fact that he's like obsessed with watching her. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure they end up happily ever after, but I think it's a weird pairing. Yeah, definitely. And also when, maybe this made more sense before the subtitles, like in, in Turkish, but when the pide comes and Elif is like super weird about the pide, she like has a personality transplant and she's like super confidently flirting with Osman about pide. Oh yeah, I really think, weird. No, I think she was just like um the way like yeah, the flirting thing, she was like oh, I love um uh, I would love to eat this to the like piping hot, but like eat like yedim like for, for the way she, like she it can also be a double entendre where like yedim is also like you say that to like a cute child like I could eat you up or like to someone you're attracted to, I could eat you. <laughs> so that's uh, yeah. The was, translation was one. like, yeah. I could just gobble up some pide right now. <laughs> yeah, like, that's happening? weird. That's a weird way to show it. Yeah, yeah. But also, no. like, when has she ever been confident and flirty in this whole show? Like, so that's a very good point. It was weird, but I guess they're trying to put her on a more equal level with him. Like all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, what about Sinan, our dude Sinan? I mean, I'm glad he's opening up a bit about his life. Um, I need him to tell someone he's homeless. <laughs> yeah, it's about time. Since the only person who knew just moved to Izmir, yeah. Yeah, seriously. And um, he needs to also get emancipated. Like, he's smart enough. He could make it happen. Go do it, Sinan. Then he can yeah. get his own apartment. <laughs> but he doesn't have an income, though. Yeah, he needs to get a job also. <laughs> but I'm sure Osman could help him with that. True. Yeah, I, I don't know. He hasn't advanced at all since Grandpa died. But he's been kind of holding it together. But I, I feel like I could see a huge downturn coming next episode. He's in a very fragile place, I think. Um, and do you think we're going to get any advancement on Ushik or is she just going to be just chilling at her auntie's house for the rest of the season? I don't know. I don't see how she like, I don't see how the, the plan ultimately pans out and Ushik gets back in school and then gets her life back on track. Like I truly, I don't even have predictions. I'm just kind of, I, I, I didn't think anything that happened in this episode would have happened either. Uh, like so many positive romantic developments I know so great so, yeah. <laughs> I love this season yeah <laughs> I, so. but we keep expecting doom to come yeah I think it will there's gotta there's gotta be like a dip before I think the last episode will end on a reasonably positive note even if maybe one of the characters has died as an adult which was still not clear to us because we haven't seen any adults but <laughs> um, I think the next couple will be rough is my my broad vague prediction but i don't know about like ushik's storyline at all no predictions <laughs> other than her being a mess at that old house as an adult <laughs> but she has enough money to buy it which means that she yeah, somehow ended true. up getting wealthy that's true even if she's an emotional dumpster fire okay anything else for this section I think we've been pretty thorough in this section. <laughs> okay. So now we're going to move on into the history section where Sophia is going to tell us about um, 
Gabriel Garcia Marquez. <laughs> name yeah, or, uh, yeah. and his novel that's mentioned in this episode <laughs> so as we mentioned um it's debatable whether this is the greatest romance novel of all time um especially because spoiler alert it takes place between a 12 year old girl and a 36 year old priest um yeah that's my starting what <laughs> wait what <laughs> um okay they did not mention that in the episode yeah so it's it was published in 1994 um and it's the story of this girl called Sierva Maria um so she's um Sierva Maria means like well it means surf like Sierva is like the female um word for surf which I mean it's kind of one of those like kind of religious names where it's talking about like serving the lord kind of thing um but the the novel takes place if i'm not wrong during the inquisition well no actually it says here that it's in the 18th century but there's still slaves well no it makes sense that there's still slaves in the 18th century but there's like some sort of inquisition still at that point which i'm not entirely sure but it takes place in cartagena and basically this girl sirva maria is the daughter of um some like a mark marcus how do you even say that in english yeah marcus it's that noble title oh yeah we um, say it like i think it's marquis marquis yeah something <laughs> yeah i've also Sorry. heard i've also this is gross but i've also heard marquis oh yeah. no let's not say awful, that but i have i have heard that in like revolutionary war period drama oh, no. type thing well, so i don't know the woman is the marchioness. I don't even know, but Marquis. Oh. We'll say Marquis. Yeah, Marquis is more sophisticated than Marquess. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so basically, she's the the daughter of this Mar- Mar- Marquis who lives in Cartagena, and she's like bitten by a rabid dog. And so, a, a few days after, her mother finds out, but like she doesn't have a, like a visible wound anymore. So her mom's like, whatever. I mean, probably nothing will happen. Um, and then uh, a slave goes to see the marquee and says like, yeah, you're like, there's rabies and your daughter was bitten by a rabid dog. And the marquee's like, no, I don't believe it. Cause like nobody told him, told me. So he asks his wife and his wife's like, yeah. Okay. Also, this is all from Wikipedia. Cause as I mentioned, I have not read this book, but I believe Wikipedia. Um, so basically the Marquis like, oh, I just need to give my daughter up because she is sick and she's going to die. So like, let's give her to the nuns to, or I, I forget that um, saying from, from Romeo and Juliet, but basically like, they're like, take her to the nun, to the abbess or whatever. Yeah. The abbey. Take, take thee to a nunnery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, they, they took the girl to uh, an an abbey or a convent, more like. Um, and so the girl like gets sick, and people like assume that she's possessed by a demon. So they take her to a convent, which is currently a very famous hotel in Cartagena called the Santa Clara. Which I don't know if you guys visited when you were there, but basically, it used to be a convent for a long time, and there were like cells for people that were being. I don't even know how to say it, but like people that were in prison during the Inquisition and such. Yikes. <laughs> so obviously at the convent, people were like, oh God, this girl is like possessed. Like we don't want her here. Um, and the abbess is like, well, why did you bring this demon to my uh, like abbey? And then, um, oh God, how do you say The bishop... Um, like ask his someone who's very close to him who's this father called Cayetano de Laura to exercise the girl but it turns out that he gets obsessed with the girl this is the love story okay just yeah sounded good so far (laughs) but like he like they have I don't know if you've read Garcia Marquez but characters always have these like cosmic connections that like go beyond their person like like there's some sort of like magic between them, whatever. And so um, some, some priests or the nuns, 
like find him like rubbing oh the bishop finds him rubbing like Sierra Maria's clothes and he's like okay you need to go like take care of lepers somewhere else um oh and actually there's this mountain in Cartagena called La Popa where there's like a mountain and there's a, a convent on top and they sent him there to take care of lepers and basically they they keep going to meet each other like um obviously not in public in in the convent and they like fall in love and there's like an indescribable ecstasy this is like a literal translation from the spanish wikipedia um and so one day he's like about to cross the fence to go visit her and a bunch of nuns like surround him and they send him to the hospital to to take care of lepers for the rest of his life and but sierva maria never knows that this happened and she just assumes that he like abandoned her or something and she was exercised again and apparently she was very known for her hair she had like a very long mane of hair and he the bishop like cuts her hair and keeps her like locked because um apparently she has more and more symptoms of like demonic possession and so she gets really depressed because her lover like left her with no explanation and so she stops eating and dies um like always wondering why he never came back and then someone finds her dead in her bed and her hair like keeps flowing um so what i wanted to ask you which i think is kind of a curious question is you know is this some sort of foreshadowing for something on this show like what is the meaning of them referencing this play i mean this this uh work Wow. That just, I'm sure it's a great work of literature that literally sounds awful. I can't imagine wanting to read a story like that. But wow, if that's what Borgia's into, it's a good thing she broke up with Kamal because that was way too healthy of a relationship. Yeah, seriously. Uh, What could this foreshadow? I mean, Osman's age in relation to Ellie. <laughs> I don't think that's within the show's canon. <laughs> so weird. Why? Why pick that's this? That's bizarre. Wow. I'm curious to read this book, but except the like, it seems really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, it says the, I'm reading like this Spark Notes equivalent. It says like the main like theme of the play is the influence of the church during the time when like people did what the church said without questioning it mm-hmm. and society was like ruled by their mandates and they like called whoever thought differently a her- a heretic because apparently there's some doctor who like it does things that aren't in line with what the church wants and they call him a heretic and they tell oh. like, everyone he's a demon oh and Sierra Maria part of the thing is that She's the daughter of a marquis, but she's raised by slaves that are Yoruba. So she has like Yoruba beliefs. So according to this um, Sparknos thing, it's saying that um, like the church thought she was like demonic because of her um, non-Christian beliefs. Um, And then of course, like her parents don't, take care of her which is why she has such a strong yoruba faith and then the marquis like then realizes that he wants to give some care to his daughter and it's too late um also like people had like weird beliefs about illnesses and apparently society doesn't understand Cayetano and Silva Maria's love which obviously yeah I mean well, that's interesting. I mean, the all of the things that you said do relate to the story in terms of people being labeled as different and revolting against the unquestioning source of power. But uh, I don't know about framing it as a good love story. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess Burju really conditioned us to be really harsh on this because she was like, it's a beautiful love story. But. Yeah, it's definitely not what I was expecting from Borju and the kids' uh, chat about it. One of the lovers also dies, which makes it, 
I mean, I'm not into tragic love stories. Like, what's the point? The cool thing is like, if they have a nice relationship and they're happy (laughs) within reason. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we'll see. I have worries that what we're watching is a tragic love story, but uh, man, mostly I'm just rooting for Kerem and Eda to end up together. That's my biggest wish, but doubtful. Okay. Well, thank you for summarizing that very disturbing uh, book summary. Um, Now we're going to move on into our favorite and final section, which is what the fuck, Sultan of Success and Fatima's hit list. what the fucks so we kind of spoiled this in the uh summary section but moving out at night like he has movers there and they're working but it looks like it's midnight it's so confusing (laughs) i guess it's just because they wanted like a moody shot of him leaving i don't know or he's like paying some really sketchy non-union movers and they only (laughs) work at midnight (laughs) i don't know but I feel like most apartment buildings have rules about when you can move and it's only during the daytime. What the fuck to Borju not helping them study for the exam that's going to determine the rest of their lives. I get the rebel spirit, but come on, just like give them some study notes and stuff, please. <laughs> They're so stressed out. They need help. They're like, they have the itchies. That's how stretched, stressed out they are. Yeah. Like- that poor guy has eczema. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, okay, what the fuck to the school for not having like an announcement when Elif came that she was deathly allergic to hazelnuts? Because I feel like in my school, when a new kid came with allergies, like they would make sure everyone knew. So you didn't- I think that's a very American thing. I've I've never even heard of that. Really? (laughs) Yeah. What if you like brought in a peanut butter sandwich and murdered your classmate? People don't have, well, first in Colombia, you don't have that much peanut butter sandwiches. (laughs) Maybe now, but not when I was a kid. And two, like most people aren't allergic to peanuts. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like people in the U.S. have some specific allergies illnesses no i agree outside of the u.s i for sure agree but like i feel like every time there was a new person at my school it was like and announcement if this person breathes within 100 feet of a peanut they will die (laughs) (laughs) also how are you supposed to like remember like i went to a school that had like 100 people per grade 14 grades like who's gonna remember 1400 allergies or whatever yeah it has to be the teacher. I don't know. I just feel like we could be doing more to ensure that Elif doesn't die <laughs> about her allergies. <laughs> and then my final what the fuck, I don't remember, but I wrote down that I didn't like the song that Osman and Elif have their date to. It went on for a really long time and it was in English and I wasn't into it. Oh, I, uh, I really like that song. It's uh, Vogel <laughs> Bordello. Okay. Yeah, they're like a Hungarian Roma band. Um, they're really good. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, I take it back. <laughs> well, you don't have to like it. I like it. <laughs> what are you guys' is what the fucks? I think for me, it's the purple, the, I mean, the pink, pink. bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if like playing matchmaker was also kind of forced, if you ask me. And... I mean, the, the like assiduous tears when Kerem is driving the motorcycle to save Eda were like too many tears when you're driving a motorcycle. <laughs> you're worried <laughs> about his motorcycle safety. <laughs> I mean, for one, but also like, I mean, you're driving, like you can't focus on like crying and drive. I don't know. <laughs> He's a very emotional guy. <laughs> Oh, I'm all for emotional men and for every gender and sexual orientation and everything expressing as many emotions as possible. 
but <laughs> but <Wow. laughs> that was just odd <laughs> all right all right <laughs> uh what else what other what the fucks do i have well yeah the money like who's paying for all this stuff um it's evidently yeah. not clear um who could finance the bananas and the peanuts i mean hazelnuts not his i mean pide and the boat <laughs> excursions all the time and of course the age difference is just like too notorious for me honestly mm-hmm. i can't i, I don't think the boat excursion i don't understand why you're fixated on that piece i think he's just friends with the fisherman he takes his boat i don't think there's any cost associated when with he's it. not fishing i guess but what about yeah. the gas well i don't know also this one has money like clearly he has all those side hustles um well, but they were all taken doing. down by our friend niched it I don't know if really all of them well because the big thing was the food the school lunches that's like one thing we were shown I feel like he's got more like he's clearly got a banana guy okay (laughs) I think yeah I think it's just something you're not supposed to think about too hard yeah but I think I think the boat out of everything I think the boat is like the easiest explanation (laughs) he's just friends with that fisherman Eski, what are your what the fucks? I don't have any new ones on top of what you guys said. <gasps> wow. Okay. <laughs> um, moving on to Sultan of Success. Should it be like the Kerem and Edda couple? Honestly, I kind of feel like all, all of the couples made made big money moves except for Bridget and Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> he moved. <laughs> yeah, he literally moved. Um I thought I, 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 in my mind, I think they all like had nice relationship blossoming moments in this episode. So the Sultan of Success is young love. The yeah, the gang. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then the hit list. I'm gonna put Edda's parents. Oh yeah. Oh, I also sure. had another, I had a fringe Sultan of Success nomination that I forgot to okay. I wrote it down. It's the chair that broke. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I like the pettiness of that one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I agree with Edda's parents needing to be Fatma assassinated. That was like so crazy psychopathic the way they sprung that on her. <laughs> yeah. You know, it totally adds up though with Edda like She's gonna get Coco Pellied and then yeah. get married off yeah. to this boy studying business in the US. And she was clearly living in a very nice house when she got the note from Ushuk. So I bet, I bet, I bet. Yeah, <laughs> I I'm yeah, concerned. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because she's already gotten into so much trouble in the five minutes that she's run away from home. So yes. yeah. Um, okay, well, congratulations to our Sultan of Success, Nedjet's chair. Um, while you were there, you were great. <laughs> great job breaking. Watch out to Edda's parents. We're watching you. We hope Fatima gets you before you can get Edda back and force her into a loveless marriage. Thank you all so much for listening. And we'll be back next time with Love 101, season two episode six, which we hope will be just as happy as this one, but we very much doubt it. Talk to you next time.